0: Us right now, as we know that only you can. God, we ask right now that there be any distraction here that you would remove it, Lord God, that we could concentrate on you. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. People of God, said, Amen, Amen. You may be seated. I I just want to talk for a moment or two about a desperate faith, about a desperate faith. Well, this is a good story. It's a familiar story. If you haven't read this particular passage of scripture, I dare suggest that you probably have not read your Bible. Amen. This is a familiar passage of scripture. This woman with this issue of blood for 12 years, but it hit me, especially on yesterday. I was prepared to do something else. I said, I don't think that's the word for tomorrow. We're going to go some other direction. And God directed me here and in this. And as you read something, sometimes you get different revelation and God began to show me things I had not seen. And I just believe this is an awesome word for a time like this, because I, I just believe that that somebody needs to hear a word that you're not by yourself that 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 some of us need to be encouraged and some of the things that i was looking at th- in this word that you you got to understand that 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 sometimes sometimes and it was found in this text this this particular woman she started off nameless it just says a woman there's some anonymity there, and I believe sometimes when there's anonymity there, it allows us to the, the, the liberty to be inclusive because I believe the writer knew that there'd be some time when we might need to put our name in this scripture and interject ourselves into the text because at some point in the time in, in our lives, we're all going to deal with issues. Amen. Oh, so the anonymity here, I, th- I think, is intentional, uh, and, and I think it's purposeful, and, and I think it's a blessing in disguise that we can see an anonymous person uh, with no name pressing to get to Jesus. And, uh, uh, and, and watch this. This is how you know this woman has desperate faith, and, and I think some of us need to get like this. This woman has desperate faith because the fact that she has an issue with blood, and you understand how Jewish culture is with blood, this woman was unclean. This woman knew she was unclean. Maybe some of y'all don't understand what that means. Let me let me let me let me try my best to contemporize it a little bit, especially as we get, had COVID to hit. One of the ways that they said COVID was being spread, and they're also talking about monkeypox and things like that being spread, is the fact that we keep on interacting and touching one another with our unclean hands. You ought to look at your neighbor and say, "You wash your hands today." You, you, you washed your hands today. I, I, I thought about that. I even told a friend of mine recently, I said, I wish there could be a camera that could follow everybody around for a full week and actually survey how many times people washed their hands. That's how things are being spread because of the uncleanliness. Now, I know when we're when, when we talking about this issue of blood, that's not the way that was spread. But I just trying to paint you a picture of being unclean and, and, and bringing it to our world and how things are spread and how things are done and how simple we, we, we can minimize the effect of certain things if we raise that bar and stand it on cleanliness. Now, I know some of you thought it was in Psalm or in Proverbs where it says that cleanliness is next to godliness. It might not be a scripture, but it still sounds good, brother boy. So I'm just trying to help somebody understand this thing that this woman was unclean, but yet she still pressed her way. She still pressed her way because she was desperate in her faith. Some writers, some some theologians have even said that the significance of this 12 years is so important because because she had been bleeding so long that the 12th year was about your final hour. That means that you you, got to get a little bit more desperate when you know that your clock is ticking. Uh, uh, My mother and I just visited a family member who's a little bit younger than I, and they have given him a time frame. Now, I wonder how many of you would live your life differently if you had been given a time frame. What desperate faith. And I had to look someone in the face younger than me and say, and, and say whatever in life it is you want to do, do it with urgency. You want to call somebody, do it. You want to text somebody, do it. You want to write a letter, do it. If it's some beach you want to sit on somewhere and put your feet in the sand, go do it. Because now you're in an hour of desperation. You can't sit around and act like you got all day. Your clock is ticking and you need to press through the crowd, press through the foolishness, press through some people to get closer to God because your hour is upon us. This word is important to me because, you know, I get a little tired. I ain't going to lie. I'm a, you know, I try to be transparent as I can be in the few weeks we've known each other. And I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I get really sick and tired of is when preachers take texts and talk about the end times and try to tell us that we're closer now than we are before, but yet the Bible always tells you to not worry about that because no man knows, but yet they still want to keep talking about it. So, you know, what I tell people, stop worrying about the end times and worry about the end of your time. Oh, they missed somebody right there. Because whether Jesus is coming back tonight, tomorrow, 10 years, 30 years, 100,000 years, one day your tick is going to top. That's what you ought to be focused on. And if you're more focused on that, I think you would press in a little bit deeper and get more desperate with your faith. Let me give you a definition for desperate because some of y'all are looking at me like I ain't desperate for nothing. Desperate feeling or showing or involving a hopeless sense that a situation is so bad or impossible to deal with. Anybody ever been there? You ever been in a relationship that you thought was, that was just, just bad and it was becoming impossible to deal with? You ever had to go with one of your children to court and you didn't know how much time they was going to get? You ever been in a situation where the doctor was giving you some news and you didn't know what they were going to say? And, and you ever been in a situation where they came back and said, well, we did some tests and we see a little spot here or we see some scouts and went up here and we don't know. We want you to come back. In a little while, and in that, and in that meantime, what happens? You, you get a little answer. Come on, there. We, we ain't so saved and sanctified that somebody ain't here and had sweaty palms. We ain't so holy and sanctified that somebody ain't here that, 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 that didn't cry. Like, you know, again, I told you, we sing those songs, they sound good, but it's so unbiblical and so unscriptural. I don't understand why we keep on singing those songs, talking about something you didn't cry your last tear yesterday. Because when you get some bad news, when something tragic and catastrophic happens in your life, because we are in this body and makeup, I don't care how deep your faith is, some some water, y'all don't want to call it tears, let's call it some water, going to roll down your face. Because you are afraid and scared about what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, it sounds good that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you know who holds tomorrow. That's good teaching. But you still don't cry. And if you like this woman, you would get desperate and trying to get closer to God because you're trying to get to the person who can help you. See, I don't know what it is, but it's a lot of folk that love to be around people who just can't help you. They just talk a lot of stuff, and a lot of times it really irritates you because you're you telling them that you're trying to press through and you just need to get a breakthrough, and you're trying to tell them that, look, look, look. I know the doctor said I'm dying, but I'm still trusting God. Because watch this. I texted my mother the other day. I said, Mom, how long have you had diabetes? Mom, how long have you had cancer? She got a double whammy. But guess what? Been living with diabetes, I think we think, about 40 years. And been dealing with cancer about 25-ish years. So watch this. Sometimes God doesn't deliver you from something. He delivers you in it. Y'all miss that. Because, because we always think that God is going to heal us from something. Mama's still walking with diabetes. Mama's still walking with cancer. But guess what? Mama's still here. Desperate faith will allow you to understand that God might not take cancer from me, but God is going to allow me to continue to press on, and I'm going to give him praise whether I'm here for one more day or 30 more years. But we think always that God is going to take something from us. I'm going to give you old simple something. I don't even know if it's all that theological, but watch this. You can't climb a mountain if it was smooth. (laughs) All y'all hollering about, Lord, give me the strength to climb. You couldn't climb it if it was smooth. So God gives you what you need in the middle of your storm. So that you can press your way through it and he never removes the stone. Oh, that's deep. Because we're looking, we, we, we looking for God to take stuff from us. When a lot of times, the only way we get close to God is when God allows us to have these issues. You ever want to see somebody pray? Tell them they about to die. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you give them bad news at the doctor's office. First thing they're going to do, get on Facebook, text everybody. Y'all, I can't get into it right now, but y'all pray for me. Somebody told them they're about to die. And all of a sudden, I got to get close. Do you not realize that after 9-11 happened? It's a known fact. You can research this. More people went to church than pretty much than any time before in American history because they were scared. Church, you couldn't find an empty seat. You looked around and you saw your cousins that you hadn't seen since y'all got baptized together back when y'all were teenagers. They was back in church. They ain't stayed for three weeks, but they were back. Because they got desperate. Like, what's happening? The world is ending. We ain't never seen no crazy people flying planes in their buildings. Got scared. Said we got to get closer to God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh man! But you know what? If you are gonna have desperate, desperate faith, the first thing you got to realize in your life is when you've had enough. Amen. This woman dealt with this thing twelve years. On the twelfth year, I don't know for you if it's gonna be one hour, one week, one year, twelve years. But it took. It, and at year twelve, this woman said, "I've had enough." I'm told that if I go keep on pressing with this issue, I'm going to die. I've had it. What is it in your life right now that you need to take inventory of that you say, I've had enough of this. I'm going to press God for this. I'm going to push through some stuff for this. I want to get closer to God because I've had enough. Now, in this situation, because this woman had enough, she was also bold enough to do some things that others wouldn't do. Some of you gonna to have to do some things you ain't willing to do that means you might have to read your Bible a little bit more that means look they gave it to us when we were kids they were even elementary but it still works they said have a little talk with Jesus some of y'all might need to have a conversation Come on now, I'm trying to help somebody. Some of, you, some of you have to do some things a little different. You might actually have to come to Sunday school. You might have to actually participate in Bible study. You might actually have to do something. You might actually have to start start giving your way through this mess because you've been trusting God for your pay paycheck, and God is saying, if you can't even pay your bills now on 100%, maybe you ought to trust me with a little bit. All right, yeah, yeah. Trying to help you. The Bible says something about giving God your first fruits we always want to give it to God on the back end After you know how we do it we got to see how this week gonna look like you, 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 you know we got to wait till we get paid on Friday Sunday come too early we got to wait see how this thing gonna look we got to see how how them how them, how them checks gonna, gonna clear then we gonna give to the church that's where you messing up at because that's not faith. That's right. It's not faith to give to, to the church what you see in your hand. Right. So I'm messing somebody up now. Y'all like, hey, dog, buddy, you tried to get me. Light's already flipping at home. I got to take care of dominion first. See, if you take care of God, God will help put to your spirit that if you trust me, that if you honor me, that if you understand that you give to me first, I'm going to bless you. And you're not going to have the concerns that you got now. The reason you worry about so much stuff is because you worry about too much stuff. (laughs) And you don't focus on God. This woman said, I've had enough. Have you had enough? Watch this. This is what's amazing. This woman, I don't know. I I don't even know if it says this. I might have read it too quick. But in my mind, I kind of see this woman with this issue moving kind of slow. thinking that she's sick. In my mind, I kind of even see her maybe even crawling a little bit. I don't know. But however she was doing it, she pressed through. But because she had an internal issue, nobody could see what was wrong with this woman. I don't even want you to do it right now. But if you look to the person to your left, you look to the person to your right, You look to the person behind you and in front of you. They got an issue. They might not want you to know. But they got one. Some of them got a couple. But we all got issues. You can't always see what's wrong with somebody. This is why I'm telling you, stop getting so ugly on the highway. Honking at somebody and flicking somebody off cussing out the window. You don't know what somebody's going through. That's right. Oh, 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 and I'm going to tell you, you you ain't been cussed out till you've been cussed out by a Christian. You hear me? So, I, I, I'm just trying to tell you, you don't know what somebody is going through. Stop playing with people getting upset and mad and yelling at everybody. Man, I sat here and watched somebody the other day. I was going through the parking lot, and there was a guy getting out of a pickup truck. And much must something was wrong with his leg because he took his hand and lifted up his one leg. Then he took his other hand and lifted up his other leg. And I was still going, so I was still going. Out. And I said, look at how long it takes that guy just to get out of the truck, to get to where he want to go. Yeah, what if I seen that guy on the highway and he driving and going, so doing what he do because that's his pace. That's his flow. And you getting up right behind. You know how you do it. Don't act different now. You get right up on the bumper. Start flicking your lights if it's night. Start honking the horn. Want somebody to hurry up. But what if that is their hurry? What if this woman was crawling? What if she was was walking. I don't know, but that was her hurry up. She was desperate. Yeah, she was just trying to get to where she needed to be, and nobody could tell she had an issue, but she knew she had one. Yeah. Oh, I just said something. Somebody in here need to take accountability. All right. yeah. Somebody in here need to go home tonight, look themselves in the mirror, and say, you know what? I got issues, right. and because I got issues. I ought to be a little bit more mindful how I treat other people. Because if I got issues, I bet you they got some. And since we all got some, we might as well be kind to one another. Amen. But I'm going to wrap this thing up because this thing right here is, is, is really deep to me. There's some things that happened in this text that if we, if we look at it, first we see this woman talking. That's what we see. Now a certain woman's suffering. She had spent everything she had. Spent all her money on doctors. Did everything. If you ever go to a doctor's office, they got this thing up there. So they've been, uh, they've been given a license to practice medicine. Yeah. That's what they say. Practice medicine. No matter how long they've been in school, no matter if you got you a youngin' or old one, they've been given a license to practice medicine. Yeah. I mean, they're still trying to figure it out day by day. Mm-hmm. This woman had a little talk with herself. You know what? One of the greatest common, people will argue this. Some people will say, let me say it differently. This woman had a talk with herself, with three people. Me, myself, and I. Some people will say you're crazy when you do that. If you talk to yourself, some people will say you're crazy if you answer yourself. I believe that all of us at some point in our lives, probably in every week, ought to have a little talk with ourselves. Now with that being said, I didn't say you had to be out in the Applebee's with your lips moving having a conversation, talking to yourself. But have a talk with yourself. So she did that. She had a talk. But watch this. Then she had a, then she had a second, first thing, she had a talk. Then she did a touch. Text says she pressed her way through and touched What's powerful in this text, and I think many people miss it, because people always say they got to get to Jesus. She said, if I but touch something connected to Jesus. So that is powerful, because she didn't even have to touch him, just what was connected to him. Now, I'm not too sharp, but I found out, because that's what Google is for. <laughs> is that when you look back in Jewish times and cultures, they would wear particular outfits. And these outfits, sometimes things—I forget all the names because I'm not well versed in Greek nor Hebrew, which I need to be if you really want to learn this thing. You got to be. But but I'm just being honest. But it says that they would wear these things like scarves, and with all these things it would have little slits, and all these little slits it would be words. Y'all ain't even getting it yet. So when she went to grab Jesus to touch him, she was touching a word. I don't know what word she touched. But because we, we now have the word, the Bible that she didn't have, we understand that she was touching the living word. Amen. So she had a talk with herself. Then she had a touch. But then watch this. She took something. When she took something, that's when Jesus said, Wait a minute. Somebody didn't to touch me. And the disciple said, Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? All these people, how you feel just one? Isn't that awesome when you got a God that can be doing something over in China, can be doing something over in Russia, can be doing something over in California, and be doing something on your street all at the same time? And Jesus said, who touched me? And this woman in trembling knew she had broken the law, Knew she had violated some pers- somebody's personal space. But then watch this. She got real honest. She was in her moment of clarity, of honesty. She said, it is I, Lord. I touched you. And this is the awesomest part of the text right here. This woman in, 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 in this instance went from being called woman. She went to being called someone to being called daughter. Ah, that's powerful. Do you understand that she went from being anonymous to having a relationship because of her faith? How many in this room can God call son or daughter because of your relationship? Oh, oh, this is a take-home test because if God is, if you're still anonymous, You got a problem. Because a lot of us have been baptized in water and still anonymous. Because we went down, what they say? A dry devil. It came up a wet one. You know how I know some of us ain't really saved? Because they fill up the baptismal pool with about 80 gallons of water. And sometimes all we need is a trickle of rain to keep us from coming to church. (laughs) Desperate faith This woman had desperate faith And because of her desperate faith She went from being anonymous To being called daughter It says Because your faith has saved you I don't only want you to go in peace You're now healed I don't know about you But if you want to be like this woman, you're going to have to have some desperate faith. You're going to have to not worry about the crowd. She won't worry about the crowd. She won't worry about who was around her. Matter of fact, she won't even worry about breaking these these crazy laws that they had. You know, some of them laws that they claim we had, like you can't pray in school. Well, who's going to stop you from praying? That's something we put on ourselves. We handcuffed ourselves because somebody said you couldn't pray in school. No, they were saying they didn't want you to pray corporately. And then so we just started running with it. Well, you can't pray. You can't pray. And then you start praying. Then you start crying that you can't pray. But guess what? If you really want to be technical, you really want to be honest, it's not a whole lot of praying going on in the church. You want to know how I know? I just polled up a bunch of pastors. I'm in a bunch of groups, and I polled them. I said, how many of y'all still really doing Bible study, really doing some teaching? Oh, no, we invite the preacher to come in now. We got to get the preacher to come in. or we got to have a revival. or We're going to, have, we're going to give away some food. We got to do with all these things. But back in the day, we yeah. used to have prayer meetings. Yeah. Even if it won't but one now. Yeah. My uncle used to tell his story. He said, won't nobody there but him and the pastor. He said they still pray. Yeah. Had an a old wooden stove yeah. in the middle of the floor. Yeah. said, if won't nobody there, said, so they still go outside, walk around the church, start praying over everybody, hollering out names. Yeah. Now, now we won't do everything in the church, but pray. We ain't got time. For it. All we want to do is have a quick service and go home. Don't want to pray for nobody. Bible says some things don't come about but what? Praying fast. A whole lot of people don't want to fast. That's first off. And then if they do, they want to do it how they want to do it. Bible only talked about fasting with food. Now we got people say, oh, I ain't going to watch my favorite show. Oh, I ain't going to go to the mall this week. Oh, I'm not going to do this or that. Well, you can always, always give a disclaimer. At the end of the day, you always can do whatever it is you want to do. But they don't get mad when God doesn't do what you ask him to do. Because you're doing what you want to do. Amen. And if God has told you how to do it, and you do what you want, God ain't obligated. We don't get no whole lot of amens. And that's fine. That's why I always tell you, it don't matter what you believe. If God said it is so, you don't have to believe it. God going to get his will done regardless of what you believe. But this woman, she said, I'm going to press my way." And there's a story I want to tell you real quick because it, it went like this. They found the words of a Holocaust victim at the end of World War II. There was a house that had been blown up and everything. It was rubble everywhere. And it went down in the basement. And this person... You know how it was back then. So many of them were hiding from the Germans because they didn't want to get killed. But this particular person was holding out to their faith that one day they might be saved. They weren't, but they were holding out. And etched in those walls down in the basement were these words. I believe in the sun even when it doesn't shine. I believe in love even when... When it is not shown. And I believe in God. Even when he does not speak. That's powerful. Because you believe. Even when you don't see evidence. So even though this woman had been pressing for 12 years. She in her mind said some way somehow Lord. I'm going to be healed. I just want somebody in here to have that type of faith to where even though if God doesn't heal you in the natural, you still keep your faith. You still keep your hope that God can make a way because we don't always know that God will, but we know that he can. Amen. Let us stand to our feet. Amen. Amen. Desperate. Desperate.